You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Fifty-nine of the Agent's Handbook. When in doubt, hide the amulet in the carcass of the Rottweiler you killed. <laughs> Says it right here. Black and white. So I don't want to hear that it was crazy. <laughs> it's expected of us. It's normal. Everyone does it. Have you ever heard of a little thing called tradecraft? <laughs> you don't put a Rottweiler in the scenario if we're not going to use it like the book says to use it. <laughs> yeah, as a bomb, which is how we were yeah. going to use it. <laughs> bomb slash amulet storage. Yeah. By the book. By standard book. operating yeah. procedure. And it's like truly we said, our man's best friend. Case closed and we solved it and we got it. And the case has been solved. It's <laughs> over. Next adventure. This is just a recap. Slash like e network, yeah. Kind of reflection on the that past season. <laughs> Welcome to the Delta Green debrief. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you got it. You figured it all out. It was just, just a classic. I mean, day one, FBI Academy training. You know, us, shove us the, anim- the amulet in the dog. Put a grenade in there. In the, the amulet and the dog to me felt like an escape room where we just start destroying the room. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to get out is to actually untake. Like we have to get, take the door off the hinges. That is the way to get out of the escape room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not playing your games anymore. <laughs> just start kicking the door as hard as you can. My wife once received a warning when we did an escape room for uh, <laughs> for being too aggressive with some of the equipment. <laughs> they literally opened the door, which I thought ruined the you know, immersion. Kind of ruined the immersion, and they were like, "We told you, you do not have to damage any of the any of the items to get out yeah. of the room." And she was like, "I'm sorry, Jesus." How many points on our license until it gets revoked? <laughs> she yeah. escape room again. We told you, you don't need to rip wood paneling off the walls to find something hidden behind it. Like pulling out nails. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to jump in because I don't want to even ask you guys if you feel like you're getting somewhere or if you feel like you have your heads wrapped around what's happening. I just got a text from Caitlin. I can hear you. She says, <laughs> oh, no, she's going to kick the door down. She can't be contained. You got to look out. Do you know how strong her legs are after all those Pelotons? Jesus. <laughs> she does have a reputation for being very aggressive. That's true. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, uh, last time, the uh, not... Seem, I thought the most important thing that was going to happen was you guys really putting together this case against this this fictional person who I don't even remember if you've named, but uh, this person who uh, you are going to present to the Glen Ridge Police Department as being the 
the the the murderer the the Glen Ridge chiropractor who the person that that pulled off these horrific crimes uh and you know we can get into it but it you know it had something to do with Northrop Grumman and they were a disgruntled employee etc um I'd like to name was, him Keaton Michaels <laughs> <laughs> Michaels. Yeah, and we can nickname him in the press the Batman because of the elevation that he used to drop here. things. People, people. Yeah. Keaton Michaels. Keaton Michaels. Batman. Bad. <laughs> I love it. The uh, and I thought that was going to be sort of the, you know the most important thing that happened um, you know in that episode as you guys planned to move forward and then. The sun goes down rather early. It's February in Long Island and it's dark out and Jordy and Gavin decide to sneak away from the party to perform an occult ritual alone in the woods with a clay tablet that they found in a Winnebago in a auto salvage lot near the well, Pine Barrens. You're making it seem so very unclassy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're making it sound stupid. Like we, we had, there was plenty of good reason for us to do what we did at the time. We, we felt. My point also, is like, a lot it, of like other interesting shady stuff in there that made it seem real legit. Yeah. 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 I it mean, wasn't just a random wrecked Winnebago. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, I did sell it kind of poorly. I sort of sold it as a second rate Mesopotamian artifact, <laughs> 5,000 year old artifact. But, uh, but the fact is that you dropped to the ground unconscious. And what we don't know is if you dropped because you got a second rate clay tablet from this Winnebago or if you dropped because it was the real thing. You know, it it could go either way, uh, but let's let's pick up from there. As uh, you know, last episode we fade out on those that image of of Jordy and Gavin uh, just sort of laying there, uh, probably dead, mm. uh, and, and they becoming the next mission. Um, so let's fade up on a motel room. There's light coming through. The, uh, the curtains, the shoddy curtains, uh, giving some light to the room as we, as we see it's, it's Monday morning. Uh, daylight has come in and uh, we pan over the bed and we see Gavin uh, asleep in bed. And he just <gasps> snaps awake. Some distant memory of performing a disturbing ritual in the woods with Jordy. Uh, Maybe it didn't happen at all. Maybe it did. Looking around at himself, first thing I want you to do is roll 1d6 power, uh, heal 1d6 power uh, for rest. Two. Okay. So do you remember how much power you took? How much damage you took? Three. So does that affect my score, or does that affect my score times five? It affects your score, your willpower okay. score. So I'm down, I was down to a nine on will on power. Yeah, on power. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. It doesn't affect your power. It affects your willpower points, which are equal oh, to your power. Okay. Yeah. So I get sorry. to keep my. Yeah. So your power it stays the same. That's that represents your max. Uh, 
And just to be clear, there's there's a lot of different ways that this can work because it, rituals are very cool and they're very complicated and there's a lot of different kinds. This is a very specific ritual uh, that is uh, of my own design and it's it has these elements to it that are uh, there's a crafting element which comes from the book and then the actual engaging in the ritual. So like crafting the tablet is a, a whole different thing that is like covered uh, in the book. And that is because I was getting confused as you were saying it, Matthew. I was like, wait, is it willpower? Is it power? Um, the way that I'm running it, uh, doing the ritual is more about life force and life energy and uh, draws on your willpower points. So it's sort of a temporary thing as part of uh, activation. Uh, it's really cool stuff and um, a fun thing to get into. And it's crazy to think like how little we've actually we've just scraped to the surface of this game because, you know, the little bits we've seen. Uh, you know, this kind of ritual is this is the first time we're seeing anything like this. And there are dozens and dozens and dozens of them in the book. So it's just like, <laughs> there's a lot of really cool shit, uh, for how this all works. But anyway, uh, I just wanted to put that out there for anybody that's familiar with the system. It's like you can take these rituals and kind of like make them tailored to what you need. Uh, and that this is what you guys are suffering. So as Gavin wakes up, and what did you say? He, he healed two? He healed uh, two. Will I took three. So I'm still down one. Okay, cool. So uh, you wake up and you feel, yeah. Like that, how, do, how do you think that manifests, that one point of willpower, just like not coming back? Uh, do you wake up, it's almost like a nightmare. Does he feel like it really happened or does he not know? I guess if there's still that one point there, it's almost like, did I dream that? Did <laughs> I, is that real? Like He's like examining his body to see if, was anything if he hurt himself like he took two points of damage so he's still in pain too like there's right. some like there's a there's the wound on his hand so yeah he's like yeah. well that reminds me so go ahead and roll uh you got a good night's rest in a bed uh inside so go ahead and give me a constitution times five check if All you right. roll under your constitution times five you will heal a hit point Ooh. uh i did not roll under it okay 56 so, over 50 56 over 50. Okay, so it just stays. Um, and so, yeah, Gavin's just not sure what happened. Let's look in on Jordy. Uh, what's Jordy doing? Do you think that he, he got some sleep? Uh, I mean, not knowing what happened. As well as he ever does. Yeah, I think he got <laughs> as much sleep. I don't think he he sleeps very much. He can't get a full night's sleep almost ever because he wakes up coughing. Right. And nightmares, whatever. So, I think he wakes up in bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wakes up in bed, and he has no memory of getting back there. So it's like he did this ritual, and it, it just all of a sudden he wakes up in bed, and that's why it's sort of like it's strange. Your body's trying to understand if it really happened or not. Your mind is trying to understand. Yeah. And then he remembers in that moment looking out the window at frost on the trees, maybe snow on the ground. And he thinks to himself the words that his father would say growing up in the Bronx. It's like, it may be winter on Long Island, but it's always Sumer in Mesopotamia. <laughs> Good Sumerian joke. I love it. It's always Sumer. 
<laughs> oh boy. Um, and so in a Yankee you- Stadium bathroom. <laughs> right. Did you roll your um, your uh, uh, willpower heal? Uh, not yet. Uh, three. So and, and do you remember what you had now. lost? Okay, so you lost four. Yeah. All right. So down one. Going into the next day. Monday morning, uh, you guys get up, and uh, your original intention was to go to the Glenridge Police Department and sort of present this evidence. Is that still what you want to do? Yeah, well, Magdalena has her meeting, um, so she's up and at him making coffee. Um, a little nervous, but like pretty confident that the team has come together and we have each other's backs, and she's like, all right, yeah, this is we have our evidence. Do we need to do anything to get our stories straight in case any of them ask us something about Magdalena corroborating? Slaps oh God! <laughs> <laughs> we have our stories straight. Focus. Uh, <laughs> can't, can't wait to throw her under the bus. <laughs> I slap him again. <laughs> She's the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. We we should uh, we should talk about that though. No, Why don't it's you okay. slap me? Go to hell. I'm gonna I'm gonna operate under the assumption that you guys have a story and you're okay. all sticking to it. Yeah, um, Jordy crafted the story. Yeah. With his writing ability. Heck yeah. Correct. Uh and so it's that means tight. It's the most beautifully plotted thing he's ever created. I threw in a couple of, I threw in a little legal jargon to make it sound really official. Yeah. yeah. We've been running through our scripts all night. Yeah. <laughs> We've been running lines. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we've been running lines all night. Uh, we are ready. Just, I'm gonna, I'm yeah, just role-playing. Gavin just, like, leaning over the hotel desk, like, I don't believe you! Caesar's in the other room, he's ready to give you up! Shuts, his, brief, shuts his briefcase. <laughs> uh, I'm going to operate under the assumption that you guys are on the same page. You have your story. You're sticking to it. Uh, unless somebody's just going to suddenly turn... Uh, you all are going to have the same story if interrogated in that fashion. Is there anything else that you would want to do in the morning before going to the police department? Um, uh, if there's anything on those tapes, that's been on Caesar's mind that we found in there. But if it just seems unrelated, help like put in one, listen to five minutes of it. If it's like he's not going to spend like hours going through it, but like the tapes we found in the Winnebago, he was interested in. Yeah, well, the tapes are in the Winnebago. Okay. Unless you brought them all with you and a cassette player, which I don't think you did. Um, no, we just so they're the in the Winnebago. Remember, you had to kind of hustle out of there. True. Okay. Um, and so they're in there, but I can tell you that just from a generic standpoint, like if you want to explore those, there's shit in there. But you know, it was a pile of a lot of random crap. Right. So it's right. more likely than not that it's not relevant. But you never know what you can stumble across in Delta Green. <laughs> Uh, also, did, did we notice anything weird last night? I'm assuming we were all in bed and none the wiser to Jordy and Gavin, but like, are they weird? Are they acting weird? I'm assuming we get coffee together and are talking. It's a good question. Uh, so Jordy, you look for the, uh, tablet and you find it where you know in your hotel room where you think you would have put it whether it's you know in a in a coat pocket or in a drawer or whatever um it's there and it's wrapped in brown paper with the instructions and everything on it 
Um, it's there. Do you open it up? Yeah. You you untwine and open up the paper bag again, and you look at the tablet, and it appears unchanged from what it was before. That blood stain that you saw before is still there. You can actually see it on roll twenty if you want, uh, and it seems that nothing has changed to it. So I don't remember anything that quote unquote happened after we bled on this thing. Correct. You bled on it. You started to feel lightheaded. And then you started to hear a voice in your head that was sort of saying, let go. Like it was basically like, you know, Jordy's sick, man. He's fighting every day to stay alive. And he knows, and you said it in one of these episodes, you're just like working on one buddy. Uh, when uh, Roger talked about kill count, it's like, yeah, you're working on it, but you still get up every morning. You still get out there and do this shit every day. This was the most tempting experience you had had yet to just leave this mortal coil. Uh, you remember that, but Right after, you know, right as that blood hit and you started to feel lightheaded and you had that weird feeling, you black out and you wake up in bed. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I. I mean, it would be expected that some something weird could happen where we might lose time. Like that wouldn't be performing an occult ritual. So it's I think he has would still suspect that this really happened, but not to know what happened after that point is a little distressing. So he just ties up the tablet again and steps outside, gets his like oxygen compressor and his jacket and just goes outside to meet the, meet the others. Does he carry it with him? Does he put it like in his pocket where it was before? Yeah. Yeah, Back in his jacket pocket in his jacket pocket. Great. Um, Okay, so is everybody going to meet up and go to Glenridge PD? Yeah, Gavin okay. is wearing his uh, wearing a suit again and uh, with a tie, and he's freshly shaved. Okay, and he's very jumpy, but he's got a bandage. He's got a he's got a band a big old bandaid across his palm, but he's trying to hide it in yeah. his pocket. Yeah, I mean, this is something that leads you to believe that what you did out there actually happened. You know what what it actually what effect it actually had. You don't really know, but like, there's a cut on your hand. And so it's, it, it wasn't all a dream. Um, Roger gets up early uh, and he's out the door and he comes back around 20 past nine. That's okay, all I'm what, say. what time did he leave? 8.15. Like pre-dawn? Okay, so the sun was up. He left and then he came back. He was gone about an hour or something like that, but we don't know where. Um. All right, he comes back, so it's, you know, between 9 and 10 a.m. You know, Magdalena, they're expecting you, you know, around now, uh, around 10 a.m.-ish. I don't know if I said 9 to start, but it doesn't matter. Um, It could be 10. That's fine. So you guys want to head over? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay, you head over to the Glenridge PD, and things are uh, similar to the the first time that you got there. It's a Monday morning. Uh, There's plenty of people there, uh, and it's it's. It's busy. Uh, you get in and you're initially greeted by the watch commander who, you know, you say your business and uh, he ushers you through to speak to uh, Detective Gregson, who uh, is, you know, the one that wanted to ask Magdalena about this stuff. Uh, so uh, you're taken back and you see she's there and, and ready to ready to chat. Um, 
you come in and she's she says oh oh you're all here i was i was just expecting magdalena uh is is everything okay uh detective we've had uh, a, a bit of a breakthrough in the case it, uh, we can absolutely still uh discuss dangler and um if he's here if he wants to talk i'm i'm completely open to that but we also need to to talk with you the chiropractic case okay um you know what i want to devote a little bit more of my time to that so uh why don't we just get this out of the way first uh and then we can talk about what your what evidence you have here i'm excited to hear about it uh but first can we can you and i just speak alone uh, absolutely thank you uh we'll just be a minute you can hang out here at my desk and you see there's it's kind of like a bunch of desks all kind of like mashed together um and she allows you guys to stay there uh you're seated across from that guy philip thomas the uh her her detective thomas her partner is just <laughs> sitting across from you and he's just kind of like looking over mm. uh doing his work and she takes you into a sort of a back interrogation room uh closes the door she's got some paperwork with her and she's like um i appreciate you coming in this is just going to be a really a formality um unless there's you know anything related here between the two cases which uh i haven't seen yet but i do want to discuss the the your whereabouts uh just to get it on the record here uh of and she puts a little recorder down uh your whereabouts on the evening of uh saturday early evening saturday february 25th I can't remember the date. I think that's right. She gets it right. And she says, um, where were you around 7 p.m.? And she's just sort of like has a notepad out. Oh, it's so intimate. I feel scared. Sydney feels scared. Um. <laughs> You've been in this position before, haven't you, Sydney? <laughs> I'm unfortunately very familiar with interrogation rooms. Uh, no. Magdalena <laughs> is calm as a cucumber. Uh, and she just goes, Right. Uh, yeah. 7 p.m. I was with my team. We were probably uh, just getting into Manhattan or maybe we were leaving Manhattan. We had gone to B&H. And why were you at B&H? Uh, we needed my one of my computers was on the fritz. I was trying to actually look at the CCTV footage for the chiropractor case. And uh, it kind of blew up my laptop at the time, which led us to look further into it, which we'll talk about later. Did you buy anything at B&H? Because if, you know, if we could get like a receipt or anything like that, it would make it uh, just so easy. Um, I could check. I, I believe Caesar uh, possibly had put it on his own card. I would have to ask him if he has a record. Okay. Um, you arrived back in town around what time? Oh, um... I look at my phone. Okay, let me let me just check the call log really quick. And I look at my phone of when Gregson called Magdalena, um, and she said she was like going through the tunnel or whatever. Uh, and she kind of guesstimates that time. She says, oh, "Yeah, I think when you'd called, we were going through a tunnel." So I would say uh, thirty minutes after that. Okay. Um, Thomas Dangler, as you know, came in and, and said that uh, I was rather adamant that he saw you on the street around seven p.m. Um, do you know why he would say that? Honestly, I, I can't think of a reason unless he saw someone who looked like me, but he had just seen me the day before. And honestly, 
and I didn't want to say this in front of his mom at the time, but I gave him my card and I told him to call me if there was any problems at home because he didn't look well. He didn't look well rested. He had been out of school. Yes, I remember. You told me to to keep an eye on him and I I found that to be a strange coincidence that uh, you had told me to keep an eye on him, that you had gone and questioned him uh, in relation to the Glen Ridge chiropractor case um, and then you know he ends up saying he saw you and is mugged uh, it's just a strange series of events so did, did you able were you able to uh, to find out anything about the mugger I honestly and I again I think this might be a cry for attention um, if he's not getting it at home and he's not getting oh, it no. in school no no well uh, naming you is what's strange perhaps it, it is a um a cry for attention in some way there, uh, but from what I've seen, and it's not my case per se, uh, I'm just sort of uh, gathering information for my colleague here, but um, the, from what I understand, no, it, it is not a cry for help, and uh, the, the item that was stolen uh, apparently is extremely valuable. Um, we had a few people here yesterday asking about it. Um, Again, it was, an, it, was, it was an item that was stolen. They didn't just take his phone yeah, or his he had wallet. A, he had a he had a necklace that apparently was very old. It was like in his family for a very long time. Uh, a representative was here from the American Museum of Natural History yesterday, um, and was talking to the the detective about it. and uh, And I know they went to his house to ask a few more questions. Uh, so it seems like whatever it was was very ba- valuable. And now I think that they're looking into it as kind of a. Um, uh, like an art heist almost uh, because somebody knew that he had something rather valuable. Uh, it's, it's turning out to be something rather serious. And that's why uh, I was asked to interview you because I know who you are and I know why you were brought into town. I, I brought you into town. And so I just wanted to, to make sure that we could clear your name in involvement with this because it's looking like we're talking about a, I don't know, priceless item. That, that is sort of the way people have been talking about it. So, Wow. Yeah, now I understand why this was so formal. I was kind of wondering yeah, what the Yeah, I mean, normally this, was. this kind of thing would go, you know, just, you know, beyond my notice, really. But uh, this is something that has gotten, it's working its way up the chain. There's a lot of money involved here, I think. Wow. Um, I, I wish I could be more of, of a help to you. I mean, my team, I would say, oh, we'll look into it. But we uh, kind of have our hands full with the chiropractor case as is. Yeah, it's OK. Um, and she turns off the recorder. She's like, uh, I think I have what we need here. We'll have anybody talk to your team if they need corroboration, uh, an alibi for where you were. And we'll also uh, if you could get me uh, those receipts from B&H that correlate with the time frame, then it you know it should all work out. Um, but in the meantime, let's talk to your team uh, about this this crack in the in the chiropractor case. Uh, that is the top on my priority list. So, uh, and she grabs the recorder, grabs her files. She has taken a few notes during this conversation, and she comes walking out of the room, and. Uh, and you guys all see her come out. Um, is there during this conversation? Was there anything you guys were doing out there, or are you all just kind of like sitting quietly playing on your phones? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> Gavin keeps stealing looks at Jordy to be like that, like see if he's okay, if see if that really yeah. happened, or like do you? He doesn't want to say anything. I think I like flash my palm with the scar on it to to him and be like. 
What? Eh? Kevin just kind of like shrugs like... <laughs> Roger's sitting there and he just says, Fifth Avenue. What? What? Sorry? Really craving a Fifth Avenue bar. <laughs> I'm going to go see if they have one in the vending machine. And then he walks over to the vending machine and he walks by the desk of that other cop who kind of shunned us mm-hmm. the uh, first time we came in. Goes up to the vending machine, looks. Is there a Fifth Avenue uh, as an option in the vending machine? No, Troy. <laughs> Fifth Avenue in the vending machine. It's Is New there York. A, there's a Kit Kat. There's no uh, nothing with peanut or nougat. <laughs> a payday. A payday. What? Why? Why would there be a Fifth Avenue there's bar? A three, there's a Three Musketeers. If you want a lot of nougat. But there's no nuts in that. Yeah, that's there's not no, good. There's, so there's a Snickers. No, what was there's Snickers? Snickers. Oh. Uh, all right. He he slips a, he slips a bill in, and is he's agonizing over this decision as much as I am. Staring at the vending machine, staring staring at it for too long. <laughs> Everyone kind of just is like. Starting to like notice that there's this hulking menace standing in front of the vending machine, just this trademark at the intensity, just staring at the vending machine, staring daggers, X Green Beret. <laughs> He's staring daggers at an empty like hook F1 because yeah. he just knows that Fifth Avenue was there. That's where it was. Uh, and he turns to that cop and he goes, "What do you think? Three Musketeers or Snickers?" Detective Thomas looks up to you, looks up at you. And is just like, I don't know, man. Whatever you want. Yeah, whatever I want. All right. I'll get a bag of chips. The <laughs> <laughs> chips come out down the bottom. He pops them open. Just kind of leans against the vending machine. We uh, haven't had a chance to meet. We could have, but you were, uh, you were too busy. Eat the chip. <laughs> yeah, I had to, uh, I had to go home. It was the end of the day. You came late. What do you do, uh, eight hours? Clock in, clock out? That kind of thing? In the office, yeah. But, uh, there's a lot that goes on outside the office as well, so. You know what, uh, job you don't get to clock in and out of? What's that? Being a soldier. <laughs> oh, yeah. Be a soldier? I was. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't look at the zoom. So, yeah, I was. So you, you clocked out then? I guess you could say that. <laughs> Honor, honorably discharged. Where'd you serve? Over there. <laughs> no. I think you remember your answer is, where didn't I serve? Where didn't I serve? To which I, re- I think I responded, <laughs> okay, where didn't you serve? <laughs> you still didn't answer. <laughs> I think this was a conversation you had with Gregson. I feel like <laughs> Or maybe Carson. He doesn't like to talk about it. He'll talk around it. Yeah. Over there. Middle East. Desert Storm. <laughs> Troy's fake eating chips. Still eating the chips. 
for like the past ten minutes towards him thinking chips. So uh, you say you got a break in the uh, Glen Ridge chiropractic case, huh? Oh, now you're interested in us and our knowledge. <laughs> I'm just trying to make small talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we might have... You uh, seemed like you were kind of drifting off there. <laughs> I was just thinking... Just thinking how nice it must be to clock out after a hard day's work, go home to a warm bed, maybe a wife, a couple of kids, get to lean back and watch Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson? <laughs> you know Wait. Johnny Carson's dead, right? That's what they say. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, we got a break in the case. In fact, I think it's uh, all tied up in a nice little bow. All right, then. Detective Gregson will be happy to hear it. What about you? Will you be happy when this is all taken care of? Yeah, I'll be happy when the real killer's off the street. But uh, if you don't mind me saying... I just don't operate under the assumption that you people know what you're talking about. So just because you say this is who it is, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to clock in, and I'm going to follow all the evidence to make sure we have a solid indictment before we start talking about case closed around here. Just so you know what I do. Oh, good, good. Might mean you might have to stay after 5 p.m. Do a little overtime. You know, do some real police work. <laughs> yeah, real police work is the only thing that's going to get this done. Not uh, federal, political, let me just close this to make it look good to my boss. That's not how it works on the street. Mm. Thanks for the lesson. Anytime. Hey. He crumples up the bag, and he's like, one more thing. Throws it at the cop's face. (laughs) (laughs) One more thing. Fuck, buddy. Pick that up. (laughs) (laughs) So contentious. (laughs) Crumples up the bag, and he uh, throws it in the barrel. He's like, uh, might want to restock that with some Fifth Avenues. (laughs) Then he walks back to the break room. It's not my job. And then Gregson comes out uh, with Magdalena. Uh, they walk back over, and she's like, "All right, let's let's hear this," and um, and pulls you guys into that same uh, meeting room. Actually, she pulls you into a meeting room as opposed to the uh, roll call room that she had you in before, uh, and she brings Detective Thomas in this time. Uh, both of them are sort of ready to take notes, etc. And uh, they ask you to go over the details of this uh, of this idea um, so wh- who's taking the lead here who's doing the talking is it a Gavin operation it can be Gavin yeah he's all he's looking all clean cut clean cut got my Except briefcase the bandage on his hand well he's hiding that from that occult ritual last night <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't know I can neither confirm nor deny any occult ritual took place last night okay. I have no knowledge of this you literally can't. Maybe I can't. Uh, yeah, I'll, Gavin will pull out all the evidence that we assembled, all the, the stuff that Jordy worked on, the stuff that Caesar was able to, and Caesar Magdalena were able to fake records mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. using our bureaucratic knowledge. 
and walk uh, the detective through everything, and then, uh, yeah. You want me to roll North on that? Grumman. Yeah. I knew it. She turns yeah. to Detective uh, Thomas. He turns, looks at her. Doesn't doesn't seem to acknowledge. He's just looking at all this stuff you're laying down in front of him, all this paperwork, and you can see he's eyeing it all very, very suspiciously. It was a She's good hunch. Like, it was a good hunch, Detective. Wouldn't actually, have been my, wouldn't have been my first instinct, but you planted no. that idea in her head, and we just ran it down. You know, just old-fashioned police work, as they say. <laughs> and Magdalena chimes in too, and she's like, "Yeah, honestly, I had discounted Northrop Grumman until I looked into the CCTV footage, and um, like I said before, it blew up my laptop, and that's when we started thinking this might be." Technology, you know, not just a person, but they have the tech to back it up. And uh, yeah, we went for North of Grumman, and it it all just started to fall into place. Does this person, does this, this um, Keaton Michaels, have any? Um, <laughs> did you did, were you able to find out in your research at all if he would or, or when he died? Uh, and Gavin makes a show of exchanging glances with everybody, and he's like. Unfortunately, Detective, I think uh, that's where we reached the, uh, the edge of our pay grade, if you you know what I mean. Uh, looks like Mr. Michaels was working on some uh, pretty highly classified materials and some projects. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like that equipment was involved in his demise, and so we've been, uh, you know, that's about as far as, as far as this road will go. Otherwise, it's going to have to take a, go go down a different road marked federal. Thomas looks at you. Detective Thomas looks at you. Just shakes his head. Looks at her. Shakes his head. She says, hold off a second. All right. Well, maybe we can't go down that road. Like you said, maybe it's going to lead to a bunch of classified information. But that doesn't mean we can't look at some of these side roads, right? We can't. We can't try to find a, a different connection here. I mean, look, I still don't. I still think that this Thomas Dengler thing really stinks. I think that uh, the the idea that this incredibly valuable uh, artifact is uh, is on on this kid randomly is chosen to be to be mugged. Uh, in town, it doesn't seem so random to me. And um, you're telling me that this guy is working with all manner of high-level technologies, and I don't know. Is there anything in these papers that says this guy has anything to do with? I, look, I'm coming back. To, I can't get out of my head, Magdalena. Is you telling me that somebody could could hack a phone, could send him a text message from one of the victims? I mean, wouldn't it stand a reason that he had her her phone? Or, or was able to hack her phone with his high-level technical expertise. But what would he want with um, with Thomas Dengler? What would he want with the, this this necklace? Maybe it's connected in some way to this technology. You know, I... Oh, wait, I'm sorry, Magdalena. I just want to make sure we're on the same page here because I'm, I'm having trouble following the thread. Your theory is that a 16-year-old boy was able to utilize advanced technology to somehow murder a dentist... A teacher no, 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 and a no, teenage no. girl. I, no, I mean, I'm I, saying Thomas I'm saying Dengler. that this Keaton. Mike, no, you misunderstood me. I'm saying that is it this Keaton Michael that also was behind the mugging? Michaels, Keaton Michaels. Michaels. Sorry, uh, yeah. this uh, this Keaton oh, Michaels was he behind the mugging? Did he want 
this this artifact for whatever high power technology he was using. I mean, I don't know w- why those things would would be connected, but you know, maybe maybe they are. I, look, the way that those people acted when they were here yesterday was just it was intense. That's that's the the, the best way that I can put it. Uh, whoever these high level art museum people are, uh, they're going to get the feds involved in this. Uh, <laughs> you know, you guys are consultants, but they're going to get the actual feds involved. I, I know they are, and they're going to try to track down where this thing is. So it might lead them to this guy. So is this information you think we should be sharing with that investigation? Um, Gregson, uh, and I, w- I would assume Magdalena fills the team in on what Gregson had said in that private room, because technically the team does not know that Thomas Dangler had a priceless artifact that got mugged. Um, we just knew that he got mugged. So she explains that and, and she says, Detective, um, this is all new information to us. I had no idea about this artifact. Um, this sort of, yes, changes things. I can definitely look into the phone hacking. Um, I can absolutely follow up on that. I mean, it's possible. It's possible. The tech was advanced. I mean, it would absolutely be able to hack a phone. I'm wondering if now, yes, maybe this was the, the final outcome was this, this um, artifact. You said it was a necklace, right? Yeah, a necklace of some kind, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think we should look into that, Gavin. I mean, it's, I wouldn't wouldn't want to squash a good idea. Obviously, Detective Gregson, you, it was your idea to crack this case wide open. So, uh, I do. I don't want to be a. And I mean, I don't want to be a bean counter or anything like that. I'll leave that to the accountants. But uh, I believe we're only contracted for this murder case, though. So I like. I don't want to. You know, this seems like your guys' domain. If you want to engage the the, the bureau on, you know, bringing in some experts for art theft, did you say you you think there's a, a case of art theft? Um, but yeah, I mean, well, that's how they're I treating. Can, it I now. can refer and, and, you to our the agent in charge. He can he can he can you know he can find some people who are more with uh, a greater level of expertise in the art heist. You know what? You know what? He's absolutely right. He's absolutely right, Hannah. This is just... We're not going to be able to move forward with this. Uh, I think that this this work here, we can take this and we'll follow up on it. Uh, we thank you very much for everything you pulled together here. If it actually carries any weight, uh, it looks like we'll be able to to pin this on this guy. But we just need to we need a body. We need you know, there's a few things that we have to look into. But but this is definitely a good start. And I think that uh, it, it goes without saying, like Gavin said, uh, Detective, that. This is beyond the purview of uh, of the FBI, um, at least this particular group of consultants. I think if they are actually dealing with a, a theft here, then uh, it's going to have to it's going to have to cross state lines. It's going to have to be a lot of other stuff going on for the for the FBI to, to properly get involved. So uh, for right now, uh, this murder case is uh, where it needs to be. I think that you have uh, you've done all you can, uh, and I think you're right. I think that we can. Uh, close at least your part in this and uh you'll be paid and you can head back to uh washington uh feeling like you did your job you know i'm no policeman but uh gavin didn't you say the kid's father worked at the same place where our uh, suspect worked oh yeah uh what was uh dangler 
I don't remember. Ma- Mark, I believe. Mark, uh, D- Mark Johnny, Dengler, right? Johnny Dengler. <laughs> yes, Mark. Mark Dengler. Yes. Mark. Um. <laughs> Mark Dengler. Yeah, we did. We did notice that. We ran it down. He seems to be totally unconnected. Obviously, Northrop Grumman is a pretty large organization. Yeah, um, no, no. He's he's probably unconnected. But and I'm just again, I'm not a policeman. But maybe this uh, Mark Mark Dengler was. Uh, talking about uh, this rare heirloom that uh, has been passed down through the family, talking about that in the break room and whatnot, and maybe our perp overheard this and thought this would be a great chance to to get in there, steal a little, uh, steal a little art, make a little money on the side so he can get away after committing some murders. I don't know. Again, I'm not a policeman. Roger, Roger. Don't give away your expertise for free, right? That's right, Mr. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. officer here is very yeah, interested Roger, in getting us paid. That's pretty impressive. That's some that's some good detective work because I'll tell you, even we didn't know that uh, it was a family heirloom passed down through generations. That's interesting. Where'd you come up with well, that idea? Actually, Gregson did. Gregson did tell me that, um, which I passed along oh, to my team. Apparently, yeah, um, I passed along to your team in the time that uh, you didn't speak with them. From when we walked out of the room to walking in here, did you know Magdalena, a little bit about this uh, artifact Magdalena. before the uh, the meeting with Detective Gregson? And Magdalena. she's like, "Phil, take it easy." He's just like, "No, I think that there's an, an honest question here. Do how do you know that this is a family heirloom?" Magdalena turns to him, dagger blue eyes with her black hair, uh, super pale skin, and she goes, "I'm sorry." Can I help you? We haven't met, and to be honest, you haven't had a foot in this investigation as we have been on the streets. If you have a fucking problem, I will go outside with you and we can talk about this like real adults. But if you don't have a problem, then shut your mouth. Oh, man. I think we're done here. Yeah, I think we are. And I turn to Gregson and I go, if you need to talk, you have my number. And I turn back to him and turn back to her, sort of giving her the eyes of, like, control your fucking partner. He's going to stand up and uh, walk out and immediately make a phone call. (laughs) Um, And uh, she'll say, sorry, I I don't know. Um, Magdalena, that was a little uncalled for. Uh, uh, It's a little bit unprofessional. You could just simply answer the question, Roger... How did you know that it was a family heirloom? Uh, just speculating. You said that it was uh, very, uh, very important. Very, uh, what'd you say? It was worth a lot of money? Or was I not in that conversation? <laughs> <laughs> no, Roger, you weren't in that conversation either. Well, I was just speculating. It's just like I'm speculating that this... Was it Johnny Dengler? (laughs) (laughs) Can you please roll uh, persuasion for me? Was it Johnny Dengler? Speculating that he might have been talking about it. I also want to just say there's a little crossover here between Troy as a person and Roger as a person (laughs) since Troy also calls every dude whose name he can't remember Johnny. (laughs) Johnny and Steve. Johnny or Steve. All right. I've got the base 20 for persuasion. Oh, dear. How about survival? Oh, my goodness. This is a survivable moment. (laughs) Can you spend points? (laughs) 
<laughs> I rolled a 22, which oh, is technically no. a crit fail. And that's only two points over oh. 20. Oh, so, come on. You're on my team, but it feels like justice has been served this day. <laughs> she says, Okay. Sounds good. Um, you know what? I think you're right. I think I'll talk to Agent Carson and uh, we'll say that uh, your work here is wrapped up. We'll pursue this lead, put the bows on it. I don't think we could find anything stronger than this at, at this stage. Uh, and Gavin, you are right. This isn't our business getting involved in this uh, other investigation. So um, I think I'll just I think I'll just leave it at that. Uh, thank you so much for all the work that you've put in here, and um, I hope that we can uh, work this all out. And she seems uh, Caesar. You know that she suspects something. Yeah. Uh, but she's I, just trying to end the conversation and get out of there. Caesar. Caesar has been like just shaking this whole time and whenever a phone goes off or like a door opens he just like is kind of snapping at it because he's having flashbacks to when the trunk opened and the grenade almost exploded and he thought he was far enough away from the trunk to avoid like a concussive blast of the frag grenade but he he had a brush with death and his sanity is on his edge and he just leans in and says listen lady because <laughs> he's lost it he's lost all compunction all of his charm in this moment he says I've only been with these people for a little while, but you keep on digging a hole like this, you might find yourself ten feet deep unable to climb out and with nothing in your hand to show for it but a shovel and some dirt. And he walks out. And a dead Rottweiler. And then Roger walks out. (laughs) (laughs) She writes down, dead Rottweiler. Uh... Uh, Magdalena just quietly just good old fashioned police work <laughs> Case closed uh, Magdalena quietly says to Gregson Sorry for losing my temper um, Nothing against your partner Just uh, It's been a hell of a week And Yeah And she walks out Gregson just nods Takes it in Writes down in her notes Hell of a week <laughs> Jordy gets up and he says Keaton Michaels grew up in Pittsburgh he had a very difficult childhood father was a priest fell in love with a nun they both dropped out of their respective callings the marriage didn't last and uh Anyway, he's just very proud of the backstory he wrote. Yeah, yeah, he clearly wants to get the backstory out. Yeah, he's like, uh, but, uh, I gotta go, and he just leaves. Just how often does Jordy get to work without an editor? Like, is yeah, an editor, pros, an editor breathing down his neck. It's like so liberating. She writes down, Keaton, Pittsburgh? Question mark. <laughs> Priest, none. He's like, well, detective. Uh, <laughs> He's the last one left of the room. She's like, yeah, a receiving line leaving. of PCs. <laughs> leaving one by everyone wants to get their little line it's in a, with the NPC. It's <laughs> been a pleasure meeting you and working with you, and uh, glad that the threat has, is uh, is passed and Glenridge can go back to being uh, right to normal and everyone can feel safe again. Uh, Gavin, I just want to say uh, it's only been a few days, but it's pretty clear that 
She looks around. You're the professional of the group. It's it's very kind. You know, it it has a little to do with your your charm and a little to do with your communication skills, which honestly I think some of your team could use some work on. Um, You know... you can always say these things to the bureau, right? Like you can always leave, like a comment card. You know, there's we, we we welcome feedback. Oh, I'm gonna let Carson know what I think. Oh. Definitely. Cool. Um, cool. I just just one more question. Sure. <laughs> Do you think? And I'm just asking you. Your gut feeling, your hunch. Is there a connection here between the robbery of Thomas Dengler and Keaton Michaels? Gavin looks around, looks both ways. You want to know what I really think? What? He leans in like he's going to... He wants to keep his voice really low. Some of the stuff they're working on over at Northrop Grumman. It's pretty terrifying. I think... Is it related? I don't know. I think... You got out of the scare... There, there was a really, really... Like, three murders... With what this, I'm looking at this guy's profile. <laughs> he refers to he refers to Jordy's notes. <laughs> looking at this guy's profile, could have been a lot, lot worse, a lot worse. With with what he had access to and what he was dealing with, are they connected? I can't say. But I think. Listen, we're not here for the glory. Take your victory lap, detective. You solved. You closed the case. You saved a lot of people's lives. With that hunch. Can I roll persuade to kind of like to really like damage control for Roger? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, you can roll persuade. Yeah. Okay, I just got it. (laughs) Seventy nine under eighty. Oh, (laughs) you have an eighty persuade? I'm a a law student. I'm going to be an excellent litigator. (laughs) Wow. Also, I also have a secret occult life that I need to keep under wraps. Oh yeah. She says, um, I had it before you asked for the roll. And I'll try to remember what she was going to respond. Got him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Got him. Um, she says, well, we're going to look into it. We're not going to consider it closed until we, we wrap this all up. But what you're telling me is you truly believe that I'm not going to have another headless body turn up in this town, right? He's dead. It's over. He's, he's he's dead. I mean, there should be like a there should be like a death certificate in this evidence. We could have forged that, you know, that with our. So it's like not like yeah. it's there is no. It's not like there is no body. It's just they don't have access to the body. Well, here's the problem with that. I think personally, and you tell me if you think I'm wrong. But like, I mean, this victim, this this murderer of yours, killed somebody on. Thursday. Uh, you're saying that they killed the person, uh, died, self-inflicted suicide. Uh, it was all figured out, and an official death certificate was released before the weekend. And I, was I think your top men working on this job. No, I, I think that he was involved with such the the top persona men. we made was involved with such top secret type of weapons development. That maybe he got vaporized in a project that could never be discussed, like Manhattan Project 2019 edition, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, they pushed this stuff out 
and got all the paperwork done right away, but then like redacted all of his files. I don't know if anyone else disagrees, but okay, that's fine. Let's just uh, let's just move along. So uh, yeah, don't worry, guys. You don't need to have all the details of your story. Right, goes into a role play where he challenges all the details. <laughs> hey, you're the one that brought up the family heirloom uh, on a different case. Oh, so um, she walks out, and uh, and you guys are, are free to go on your way. Um, I slash you know, her tires with the. Ju- <laughs> <laughs> Throw the hubcaps into in the back of her window. <laughs> and I rig the other cops kind of explode when he turns the key. In English. <laughs> it's really a wonder Delta Green hasn't had Roger assassinated since he seems more like a reliability than a than, than an asset. I mean, I think the only solution here is we have to kill both detectives. <laughs> they know too much. Yeah, yeah, that that definitely will, will diminish suspicion. <laughs> yeah, we'll pin it on Johnny Dangler. <laughs> <laughs> the last two murders. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to do in the police station? Is there I any hacking or records so. we need to get to? I think we got everything, right? We, get, we think we took care of that. With the... Just re-looking over all of the notes. I think we're good, though. I'd like uh, to do a couple things, but they're all ridiculous. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what do you want to do next? I mean, what's left? We gotta. We could try to wrap up this Thomas Dangler thing, or we could just leave it and let them run. You know, run into a dead end. How do we connect? How do we connect it? I don't think we need to connect it. I think we just need to s- shut Thomas up. But, or we could just let like let them. Yeah, you know, let them do their investigations. They're never going to find anything. Yeah, unless there were security cameras at the at the marina. Were there security cameras at the marina, Joe? I check if there's CCTV at the marina. When you say they, who's the they you're talking about? You say they ne- they're never going to find anything. Who's the, the they? The cops. Okay. Uh, Magdalena definitely does look into if there's security cameras and, and stuff at the marina. CCTV at the marina? Yeah, like, you know, a, a nearby bait shop's camera that points down, you know, something. So where are you doing this? Are you leaving, going to a hotel, be, sitting in your car, in, on your laptop? Yeah, I think from the car, if the team wants to come with me, I think maybe we'll do a loop around, like, that parking lot area, and I will just look and see as my laptop's open. Click, 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 click. You're sitting there, click, 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 click. Uh, you you don't see anything in... Um there's no CCTV that would be pointed in the area you were at the marina. Uh, there's no evidence that they have. It's sort of, you know, and, and anything you could get from her is just basically what Thomas had said about, you know, what he saw uh, or heard. And so that's that's kind of the evidence that they're working off of. Cool. I also asked Caesar if he can pull up his credit card statement just to show the purchase from B&H, but not an itemized receipt. The problem is, and Caesar's been, I've been thinking about this, but I didn't know what happened in that room until now. And now's a good time to bring up. I didn't make a purchase at that time period. Uh, Is it something that with my 70 in accounting with, and all my uh, CEO of a startup of fudging records to look good for, for board members that I could like create a timestamp and uh, uh, basically a transaction with BNH at that time? Or is it something more where I could forge something, or I, I could mean, say that Magdalena I could make a Photoshop? I just figure, I, I, who bought the stuff then? 
Yeah, we bought stuff, but it just wasn't during the time. Yeah, you know it was much I mean? earlier. There's going to have a oh, 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 oh. is going to have a receipt that says the date, time. So is the credit card. Well, yeah, it's, be, it's easy with B&H, enough. To- you can purchase online, and then they you can just pick it up later. So yeah, and, the, and the, they would have record of when you picked it up too. So they yeah, so I mean, basically, you could forge a receipt easily, uh, a physical receipt to re- to make the actual transaction at B and H. You'd have to roll computers. You'd have to hack in and pl- plant this transaction right. in their system. Yeah, I'll just forge I I'll just forge a receipt in in basic Photoshop. Okay. And uh say I paid in cash. Yes. All right, so you're going to forge a receipt and then what return to the police and just give it to them? Yeah, we'll send an email. Yeah, I'll send an email as if send I a like picture of it, send it yeah. in an email. Okay. Sounds good. Uh so as you're sending this off, um, Roger, who, you know, has no interest in this, uh, doesn't even care if there's this trail of evidence. He's just like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to kill all of them. <laughs> He's sitting in the back of the van uh, and he looks out the window uh, as you're parked here. Uh, not van. Sorry. Whatever it is. SUV. And he's sitting in the back smoking a cigarette. Uh, and... Roger, you look out the window, uh, and with your alertness roll, uh, you pick up something out of the corner of your eye. Or not your roll, your score. You pick up something out of the corner of your eye, and you look closely, and you you see right on the edge of the street, you're in town here, right on the edge of the street is a uh, vendor, a a news vendor, like, uh, you know, with a bunch of uh, newspapers, magazines, chips, candies, whatever, you know, maybe he's like... Maybe there's a Fifth Avenue there. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Pull over. You're looking out at it, and uh, you notice on the rack, you see a magazine. Uh, it says Inquirer, really big across the top of it, Long Island Inquirer. And uh, you see the name Moretti em- emblazoned really large over it. Uh, and you see a picture that matches the picture you saw in the police file uh, of that guy uh, who's the dentist um, and you just you see it on this uh, stand do you do you do anything uh, yeah I'd be like hey uh, pull over for a second gotta grab something I said, I said pull over <laughs> <laughs> she either pulls the e-brake and will slide 180 degrees into the new stand <laughs> e-brake stop uh, he hops out, walks over, grabs a copy of the magazine, and then looks to see if there is a Fifth Avenue bar. There is a Fifth Avenue bar. He smiles. He reaches down and grabs it. And then he grabs a second one for later. <laughs> Lays them on the counter. Do you you take lay chicks? down. Yeah, what's that? Do you take <laughs> If not, my grandmother gave me a savings bond 25 years ago. I'm sure we can work something out. Nah, bro. I'm gonna need uh, cash. Cash only, buddy. Yeah, no paper trail. I get it. (laughs) Alright. Puts a thousand dollar bill down. Don't got change for this. Get the fuck out of here, you joker. It's probably because it's not real. Here. <laughs> 20. 
Right. It's more like it. And uh, he'll give you change. Uh, and as you're walking back to the car, uh, you can take a look at the uh, the cover of this magazine. And I'd like to uh, direct everybody's attention to Roll20. Ooh. Um, oh, man. And you can actually see the tabloid. Oh, my God. Oh. Whoa. Would you have been furious if I just said, nah, just keep driving? No. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I studiously avoid the newspaper. I mean, this thing... Thing. Wow. It's, been, it's a lot of work. Uh, so tell everybody what you see. Oh, my God. Oh, no. You guys. Uh, uh, oh, start, man. Tell everybody what you see. Platypus. Can we trust them? <laughs> Worse than you think. Inside. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it does say at the top, breaking news. Psychic Capaldi. Moretti speaks. Headless dentist tell all. So there's a man with a goatee in the corner whose name is Capaldi, and he says, I can help feds crack the case. This is bad. He kind of looks like David Blaine. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a Vegas magician feel to him. The, oh, thing the thing I'm most upset by is the little bubble down the bottom. Inside, truth about NASA slash FBI cover-up. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because that's the big front page is idyllic uh, coastal town rocked by mystery alien serial killer. Glenridge Cairo strikes again, and there's a bunch of the pictures of the victims and a picture of uh, of an Incan ritual looks like <laughs> says G men head to Peru for answers. <laughs> Ancient Incan ET worshiping death cult to blame. <laughs> uh, well, the G men are headed to Peru for answers, I guess, and we'll pick oh, it up no. there next time. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon.